Why Do We Sound So Good? Because we're at Dead Aunt Thelma's studio and Mike Moore is engineering for us. Thanks, Dead Aunt Thelma's. Thanks, Mike. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to Adventures in Artslandia. I'm Susanna Mars. Today, I am talking to Andrea Parson, who will be performing her show, She's Here, a one-woman show, a story of movement, magic, and myth at Coho this weekend, January 16th through 18th at 8 p.m., $20 in advance, $25 at the door, and Andrea wrote and performs this piece with direction from Susan Banyas. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Susanna. I'm really excited to be here. As I was just telling you before oh. we went live, I listen to your show and I love how you connect to all the artists in town. And I've always thought, oh, I want to be one of those artists that Susanna talks to. Mm. And then I had this project going on and I was like, oh, I'm going to reach out. This is the perfect opportunity. And you said yes. So, Well, I couldn't. I'm so delighted you're here, and you've always been an artist I would want to talk to. You know, we worked together at Northwest Dance Project. I've seen your work so much and admire your beautiful dance choreography, mm-hmm. how you're a member of a company and such a pivotal member of a company, such a positive human, beautiful artist. I could watch you dance all day long. Wow. <laughs> so I guess we're done. Thank you for all that. Yes. <laughs> Now, I am curious. I've always been interested in um, the use of the spoken word and movement. And obviously, movement's been your vocabulary for all these years. How did you move into the, the desire to put words to it? Well, when I started working with Susan Banyas about two, a little over two years ago, mm-hmm. I came to her with these stories from my grandmother, mm-hmm. Lucy, and I just said, I have these stories, but I don't know what to do with them. And Susan is, you know, works in voice and, and she's a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And so she's really the one I feel that really started introducing me into how to speak and move at the same time and what that looks like. And she showed me a couple things. We had a couple sessions together and I just really took to the work. Mm -hmm. It felt very natural to start using my voice, which was new to me because as a dancer, you know, we're primarily just moving and I had had a few small speaking roles in some of the works we had done at Northwest Dance Project. And Mm. I'd always enjoyed that. Um, But this storytelling was really an opportunity to start really letting that voice open up. And I thought, wow, this is what I want to do more of, combining words and movement. And for me, I feel like it it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting as I'm watching you and no one can see you like I can right now. I see the way you speak. You are very engaged in your body. And it reminds me of watching you dance with a partner mm. when you're speaking and how the words come into you. I bet you're especially cognizant of of as you're moving, what's happening with your body? I mean, your body is your your instrument. Yes. Wow. Yes. So speaking of, how did you get interested in dance in the first place? Oh, well, if you come to the show, you may find out a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> um, but I was always moving. Mm-hmm. 
um, my mother was an aerobics instructor. Mm-hmm. There was always music playing in the house. So I was just naturally moving my body. And so naturally my mom was thinking, well, we should put her in a dance class, you know? So she did. And I had, I just connected and dance was always a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, at different intensities, you know, as I was growing up, but it was always there. Mm-hmm. And then it, around, you know, 12, 13, I started to get more focused and think, this is what I really want to devote a lot of my time to. I think I skipped over an important thing, and that is kind of reading some of your bio for everybody who's listening. For those of the people out there who haven't seen you or know of your work, and you're such an incredible artist in our city. Mm. Um you studied dance performance at Loyola Marymount, which I also did some graduate work there, interestingly enough. You live in Portland. Uh, Andrea performs and teaches dance nationally and internationally with the Northwest Dance Project. And in 2010, you received the Princess Grace Award for dance. What is that? That was a really wonderful honor to receive. Um, the Princess Grace Foundation was founded by um, Princess Grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, she was, you know, as you know, was an actress and she wanted to create a foundation that would support emerging artists in dance, theater, and film. So, uh, artists are, are nominated every year in each field and are selected and they, you know, receive a special award, um, that, uh, sort of helps further them cur- further their career. But mm. what I think is cool is it's really for emerging, emerging artists. Mm. And that was just a really cool, wild thing to, to receive and um, to sort of connect to her story too, you know, Princess, mm. Princess Grace. Did and, you go to Monaco? Not to Monaco, but you know, they had a big fancy gala mm. in New York City. Oh my goodness. You know, some of the, I can't remember the exact names, but the people mm. from, you know, the foundation, the, the foundation mm-hmm. were there. And mm. It was just magical. Yeah, it, I remember reading that in your bio and thinking, wow, that's really fascinating. And I know you work mostly with Northwest Dance Project, and Sarah Slipper has said in print that you are her muse or one of her muses, mm. and the two of you work so beautifully together. What's it like to, to have that word attached to you with a choreographer? Well, it's um, the way I work with Sarah feels very natural mm-hmm. to me. So, you know, I hear the word muse and it's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. It has, it has, it connotes kind of a magical quality. But the reality is when you get into the studio, you are, you just get to work. Yeah, absolutely. You enjoy each other, it seems. Yeah. Uh, you, I would venture you are very good friends. You, you know, can talk to each other about anything. Yeah. I mean, I think about this often, how I would not be the dancer that I am Mm -hmm. if it weren't for Sarah and her direction and what she has seen in me and helped me to develop and like pull out. Mm -hmm. It's, it's amazing. I'm so grateful for that. I understand that on a deep level. It is an interesting journey to be an artist at all. And to find people over your career who give you basically food to go forward because it is a very demanding job, lots of rejection, lots of 
trying for things and uh, that's really wonderful. I'm sh I know it goes the other way as well. You give her. Of course, you know? of course. Yeah, I mean, I have to show up. I have to put my heart into it and give right. energy. You know, we both give energy and then that's where the magic happens. Right. Oh, speaking of magic. Magic. Tell us about your show at Coho. My show at Coho is a one-woman show of mm -hmm. dance and story. And it comes from a story from my grandmother mm -hmm. about her grandmother, mm. Sicilian grandmother. And she told me, she's told me many stories, but this one story just completely drew me in because it's about this practice her grandmother used to do to ward off evil spirits. Mm, okay, we need that right now. The evil eye. <laughs> <laughs> and she did this really fabulous ritual with olive oil and water. And I was thinking, gosh, this is magic. You know, this little practice she was doing, What, what is this? Like, where does it come from? And, you know, where did it get lost? Mm. You know, where... What what happened, you know, or th this belief in, in the invisible world, you know. So I, I thought, oh, I want to do something with this. And I started researching. And, you know, these kind of practices have their roots in Sicilian witchcraft and magic. Mm -hmm. So I started looking into that and being like, what what is that about? And how is magic alive in my life, you mm -hmm. know, today? Where is my magic? And, of course, I gravitate to to dance and creation. I feel like creating is an act of magic. Mm, mm -hmm. Dancing, you know. So this story is includes the voice of my grandmother, Lucy. Mm. Um, and it centers around the story of Antonina, my great-great-grandmother. And I kind of weave my way through spoken word and dance to tell her story and to transform in my own kind of way as, as a woman. That's um, incredible. Yeah. It's, it's been really fun to build, to write and to share, you know, pulling people in to, you know, bringing in a set designer and a lighting designer and to, to, to share my story and, um, vision with these other artists that are helping me to bring it to life. It's isn't that, it's fascinating, oh, isn't it? Yes. The minute you start sharing things, I mean, I've been working on a show for many, many years after my dad died. And as various people have partnered with me for various reasons, it, it is magic. And I've, I found recently, and it's interesting too, because your piece, you come from a dance background. I'm finding more and more so many things in the world. I can't really put words to them. And so to be being able to combine the word and the movement, and it seems to kind of bust out the sides of storytelling because the viewer is providing so much for themselves to digest what's in front of them, you know? Yeah. I mean, have the various people that you've worked with, um, they probably don't hear a story as, as you do or how you feel it and bring new things to it. Yes, yes, and that's why it's also been great to work with Susan mm -hmm. as a director, having that outside eye, and, you know, I, I work on the choreography and the writing, and then I bring, you know, the scene, and and then she 
we'll see we'll see something completely different or or we'll mm. see something new and I'm like oh wow you know that's uh I didn't think of it that way now I can sh you know I know how to shape it more and just just imbues with more details yes so it's it's just it, magic yeah you know yeah did either your grandma or your great-grandmother have any dancing in their background or um do you know you know very, very little. Actually, in this show, there's a, t a little moment I talk about uh, my grand, or she talks about her experience with dance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, definitely not not intensely. I think she did take dance classes when she was when she was young. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, back then there wasn't the support. I think for young people or young women to pursue um, dance or a, an artistic path, you know, hard, really kind of hard to pursue anything outside of marriage. The domestic arts. The domestic arts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? it's, it's so fascinating. I mean, because the opportunity for women to pursue a path, uh, there was a lot of beauty in the path that they did have access to at that time. I mean, in many cases, and certainly not in all. Um, but yeah, to have that kind of very small container would be really difficult. Yeah, and like you said, there is beauty. There's, I, I, I'm actually inspired by the beauty of the domestic life mm -hmm. too, which is mm -hmm. funny, and I like to explore that in in movement and and story. So mm. I think things have worked out you know, the way they uh, were supposed to. Mm -hmm. But I also feel that I feel very blessed to be able to pursue an artistic path. Yes. Speaking of which, you are, when we're recording this, we're a little bit uh, farther back than it will be when this is dropped next mm. week. So you had told me earlier that you are doing your first run through today. Yes. So how do you, how did you wake up this morning What's your process to get where you need to be when you're rehearsing tonight and doing your first run through? Yes, well, I've been rehearsing the past two days, and this morning actually I had a dentist appointment I had to go to. Your smile looks gorgeous. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, so I guess what I'm saying is usually rehearsals start earlier mm -hmm. for me in the day, but today it's later. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I do my business, you know, dentist coming to see you, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then, um, then I'll start prepping for the rest of the day. So, um, do warm up and, um, today what's exciting, I'm going to be working with the, the special guest. Nice. So. And that is a secret person? It's a secret. I'm sure, I, I want it to be a surprise. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we will connect together in rehearsal and mm -hmm. go over, our scenes together and sort of get ready for the, the run through, which will be seen by the lighting designer, mm -hmm. stage manager, set designer, and a couple outside eyes I've asked to be there. Nice. Too. It's an interesting part of the process. I think from my experience where it's wonderful to have outside eyes and especially wonderful to have people you trust and listening and knowing what to take in, how to take it in, what to do with it. 
You know, it's funny because all the questions that artists ask themselves in these processes are questions that, in my view, in a healthy world, we're all asking ourselves these questions. But how do you help yourself kind of, I don't know, tenderly care for your work and yourself? Yes, I, I'm very curious about that too. I don't, yeah, I'm in the process of figuring that out, mm -hmm. you know? Right. Because I do think it's important to have feedback uh -huh. and outside eyes, but the artistic process is also very vulnerable and you're also something is being created so you want to kind of protect that yes and not get too many too many opinions or thoughts you know that mm -hmm. can bring you down right <laughs> anyway yeah i've i've found myself on, on occasion you know i'll 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 ask for feedback before i actually know if i really want it yeah or i'll get it verbally when i think oh it would have been better if people had written stuff down because then I could read it at my leisure and kind of go, oh, breathe it in and not, you know, just really interesting how, yeah. that, how that goes. Yeah. I like keeping in mind, though, that I think I learned this um, at a feedback session I participated in. You know, feedback is it's sort of like a, a pot. It goes in the center and you can take whatever you want. If you like something, you can take it out. If not, you can just leave it. Mm -hmm. So try to keep that in mind. Oh, that's a nice image. I like that. Mm -hmm. and, and in the magic, it reminds me of a cauldron. Yes. <laughs> yes. So how do you keep your body in working order? You know, I, you are using your body every day. You've got lots of shows. You have this show. I'm sure you have all sorts of performances coming up with Northwest Dance Project and teaching. How do you do it? Well, I think... Keeping moving mm -hmm. is probably the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Trying to move at least every every day in some way, even if even if I'm not working, mm -hmm. but stretching a little bit, mm -hmm. um, doing a good warm up right. for sure. Um, you know, with the company, we do ballet every day, mm -hmm. which is really good because it just gets your right side and your left side balanced, yeah. strength. Gets your stamina, gets you sweating. I, I do have to mention because it's so fabulous. Taking dance classes at Northwest Dance Project is so much fun. And they have all sorts of classes. Yeah. Ballet, hip-hop, jazz, I mean, the whole gamut. So definitely go to Northwest Dance Project. It's at northwestdanceproject.org, I think. Yes. And check out the classes. What do you teach there specifically? I teach for our intensives. Mm -hmm. So we just did a winter intensive last week mm -hmm. and then the summer intensive, which will be happening this July, August. So that sounds as though it's for dancers. Yeah, it mm -hmm. is. Yes, for dancers. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't have any regular sort of adult classes going right now. Mm -hmm. Right, because I am not a dancer and I have taken many classes at Northwest Dance Project and enjoyed them so much. In fact, a couple of years ago for my birthday, I invited a bunch of women that I know and I said, we're going to take hip hop for my birthday. And it was such, it was a blast. Just really cool. Yay. Yes. So I'm just curious, what are you reading right now? Do you have anything on your nightstand that's fabulous? <sighs> a couple things. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I just finished actually a really great book by this woman who wrote The Goddesses in Every Woman. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Jean Bolin, I think. Oh, yes. So that 
I started getting interested in that from from this this project actually, mm-hmm. and then I read one of the books she wrote on Artemis. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, who is like goddess of the hunt? She's known as Diana in the mm-hmm. um, as the Roman in the Roman yeah Roman mythology. Mm-hmm. So, because in this story, I actually do get in a little bit to um, the goddess Diana. Mm. And, you know, Diana, she was the goddess who uh, wanted freedom. She never married. She um, was a very, like, one-in-herself woman. So she's sort of an inspiration muse for this project. Oh, that's great. I've been getting into her. I've really been enjoying reading about her. And and her presence in sort of her her archetype um, within... You know, even contemporary women. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, that's that's it's so much fun too when you're working on a project to have some kind of supportive materials to just keep going back to. Yes, and then I, you know, then I have another novel I'm reading that's really not connected to anything, but it's mm-hmm. just a nice um, mental break. <laughs> what is it? It's called Lost Roses, mm. and it's. Um, it's really great. It's about two best friends during World War One. Oh, that sounds interesting. It's juicy. Yeah. Oh, juicy. <laughs> I like it. So as an artist, when you're not dancing, I'm, I I think it's almost... Do you think it's possible to, to not be an artist when you're walking around? It's not, I right? I don't think so. It's just the way we think. Yes. I was just thinking... I read an article that it, when an artist said, artists shouldn't drive... <laughs> They should, <laughs> because they need to have time to let their thoughts, you know, go where they want to go. And I was driving today having that thought. I, oh, was, like, oh, oh. I was like, you know, there's just too much to take in. It, there is. It's crazy. In order to, to live in this world, you have to put on blinders. Yes. I mean, because there's so much, there's so much beauty and then there's so much hurt and suffering. It's, it's can be pretty darn it's big. Yes. I mean, walking down the street can just be an adventure, you know? <laughs> that's, see, that's what I love about artists. Yeah. I grew up with two of those people who, you know, it just, it's like this flood of excitement 24 <laughs> 7. <laughs> yes. Oh, golly. How have you changed over time as an artist, would you say? Mm. I was thinking about that for myself, you know? Different mm. practices or. Mm. Well, definitely integrating voice mm-hmm. into my work and writing. I feel like over the years I've um, I've always been a writer, but have really made that an intentional part of my practice mm-hmm. because I realize that words are very powerful and help us to tell stories Mm -hmm. and for me really help to to get to the heart of matters the truth the soul Mm -hmm. for me I feel really dwells in in words and being able to express myself through words Mm -hmm. even if it's just privately on a page um it reveals something to me and then I can take then it actually gives me juice to go into creating a story of movement and dance Mm -hmm. but I think really I think as an artist I think just 
I've expanded from dance to, to writing and then speaking and storytelling and acting, mm-hmm. you know, so kind of just like branched, branched out a little bit. Mm. I was thinking about going to see the Hank Williams Thomas. I inserted that because I didn't get the name right the first time. It's exhibit at Portland Art Museum and thinking about his use of words and it, and words do seem, well, because we have these cultural beliefs about certain words and it really does deepen, um, or for me at least, the experience. It adds something because we all have these incredible histories in our own bodies of what words have meant, what they mean now, and just to layer that. And even as you're talking about it, it feels as though I can imagine you just dancing on a bed of words. Oh, I, I love words too. Mm. But then I also... Um, I'm frustrated by words because hmm. they can't capture all that we need to say. Yes. They, they're limiting, but they're also so beautiful. That's why I love poets. Mm, yes. You know, and writers, like mm-hmm. writers who ugh, write novels. I mean, because they live in just this world of, of words. Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I do too. Do you have a favorite poet? Well, um, recently... I just got a book by Mary Oliver. Oh my gracious. And I, yeah, I mean, many of her poems just astound me in Mm. the, the, just her ability to see such beauty in Mm -hmm. things and soul and things and how she's so connected to the natural world and the wild world really inspiring to me. Yeah, I feel similarly. And in fact, uh, I changed my homepage on my laptop to Poetry Foundation, which I just love. I was just really finding myself going down the rabbit hole with world events. Yeah. And I thought, I just, I want to wake up to beauty. And that, you know, so many poets I had never heard of, so many beautiful words and stories and and poetry just takes you there in a heartbeat sometimes yes i'll have to connect to that poetry foundation yeah dance is similar i think because there's just watching another body move through space is something so poignant about it for me yes well i think i was looking at the word choreography and what it means and it's 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 root is is writing mm. like the the word ography or mm. part of the word has to do with writing so oh, it really so choreography movement it really is writing with the body oh that's so cool yeah huh so it's january it is and what are you thinking about in terms of i know people are not saying new year's resolutions anymore what's on your mind for this year you know what's at the front of your your desires as an artist I guess it's really I was going to say as a human but you're a human artist so you know what I mean they're connected yeah yeah you can't really be one without the other right what's at the front (laughs) well I did actually spend some time thinking about that Mm -hmm. this year and one of my intentions or resolutions is to simply reach out Mm. um and artistically, you know, um, for me, that means 
sharing, sharing my work, sharing my voice, being here, you know, is yes. part of that. Is reaching out saying, hey, I'm doing this work. I want to share it. Yes. Because that's not easy, I feel like, as for many artists yes. because we create the work. But then to really put it out there is takes a lot of courage. Yes. And um, isn't really natural, you know. And you have an artistic home. Yes. And I do as well. And there is something so comforting to think I'm just going to lean back, you know, and mm -hmm. this is where I work. But mm -hmm. it just doesn't work like that. You have to really step out. Yes, that's what I'm realizing. Yeah. And usually it's received with, with great warmth and yes. excitement. <laughs> so there's really nothing to be shy about. Mm -hmm. But it just it's a practice, I think. Of, exactly. So I'd like to practice that this year. My sister came to visit me, and uh, we were talking her oldest son, a wonderful young man who has a woman in his life who's wonderful also, and she's Japanese, and their uh, tradition is to make a vision board, Right. and I thought, oh, this is super cool, yeah. and so my daughter, one of my daughters and I made one, and <gasps> I've just been thinking about that because I love the idea of, you know, looking at what I'm doing in the world, and, you know, at the center is love. I know that, and let things kind of emanate from there. And it's it's just fun to think about that and not think about it in a kind of a. It's you know I remember back in the day you know I will exercise three times a week. I will I will I will you know and it's like oh my lord, soften it up, yeah. you know just let it kind of let it flow. Oh, yeah. It's kind oh, of fun. That sounds really fun. Thanks for sharing that. You could make a vision board with your body, for heaven's sake. Yes. <laughs> so you're pretty excited for the show to open? I am. Yeah, I bet. I am. Do you have family members coming to see it? I do. Oh, I that's cool. A lot of family members. And is your great-grandmother that the piece is about on your mom's side or your dad's? My mom's. Oh, your mom's. Yeah. Oh, for heaven's sake. Yeah. Oh, she'll be seeing her... Her story too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, again, so lucky and blessed to live locally. You mm -hmm. know where I can share this work with my family. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I hope your show is incredible. You can you. go online and get tickets in advance at cohoproductions.org. The show is going to be running January 16th through the 18th at 8 p.m. And Coho is a really fun space to visit. There's all sorts of great places to have dinner and walk around, and it's beautiful. So come support one of the most wonderful artists in our city, Andrea Parson. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Will you share and subscribe? If I reach my goal, let's invent a cocktail to celebrate. How about an adventure Rita in Artslandia? Or do you have a better idea?